Jonathan Chow is a bit of a curveball for the show. He has no direct relationship vocationally to restaurants. He's a registered massage therapist by trade. But about a month or two ago, while perusing Blog TO, I came across an amazing community program that John started called the Assist Series. I don't want to spoil too much about it, but the work he's doing with his platform and the Assist Series is crucial and uplifting for a community that is currently hurting deeply. The past several months have seen a huge escalation of anti-Asian hate crimes as people document being spat on, pushed, hit, and kicked to the ground. We've seen horrific stats pile up and heart-wrenching anecdotes. Through the power of the Assist series, John leverages local Asian restaurants to unite community, shed light on hurting businesses, and build pride in our ethnicity, culture, and cuisine. In my eyes, it's a beautiful thing. On this episode, John and I chop it up and discuss what the Assist series is and how he came up with it. I let him be my tour guide to the Chinatown food scene. We also discuss the best stretches to do after a big meal. All this and more on a very special episode of the Gastronomy Club. Hey, John, how are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Good, good. Um, you know, first off, just want to thank you for uh, being the first guest on the show for season two. And I know it's a bit of a curveball, I guess, to kind of preface, you have no relation vocationally to the food industry. Yeah, zero. <laughs> None. And I, I guess, can you explain what you do, what you do for a career and what you do for a living? Yeah, so I'm actually a registered massage therapist. Um, I work for a brand and clinic called Myo Detox. So we actually have a few locations across Toronto, but um, we're right now in Toronto, Vancouver, and LA. So yeah, soon there'll be plans to open up more in the States and across Toronto as well. But for now, that's that's pretty much it. So this is, this is an episode for all the fitness junkies. Yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> and so I know it's a bit of a curveball having you on, um, but the reason why I wanted to have you on and how I came across you was um, something called the Assist Series, which you started uh, very recently. I think, you know, I could start talking about it, but I'd love to have, you know, the person who started it himself kind of explain what it is. And honestly, I'd just love to hear how the idea came to you because I, I think it's a really um, beautiful idea kind of stemming in a way from darkness and, and from hate, um, but you're trying to um, use something and, and make a movement out of it um, locally, which is amazing. For sure. Um, yeah, so actually I'll, I'll go back to even before what everyone knows it as. So the Assist Series was essentially a way for me to help educate people about their body. Um, I wanted to make it into content that's very easily digestible. And a lot of the focus was kind of just like teaching you how to um, understand your body better. Right. That was the whole idea behind it. But as it kind of grew, I've always wanted it to be something where I was able to give back to the community, but also kind of just like make it bigger than than me just po putting something on social media. So there was a few opportunities where I had to kind of just slap the name on top of something. But essentially there was it was during Christmas. Um, I did a SIS series where 10% of my proceeds were going towards this another initiative called Change for 100. And that was um, hosted by Brian Esprutu. So he's the creator of Leg Legends League. Um, so okay. He, yeah. So he was um, basically giving out $100 gift cards to a lot of families that just needed it, like single moms, 
family members that were kind of in a little bit of a pinch. So $100 gift cards were being sent out to these families. So I donated um, $250 towards his organization. And then that kind of just sparked an interest in me um, in terms of like giving back. So I was like, okay, cool. I can do something a little bit bigger where it's not just me giving money towards something. Like I can actually go out and do something on my own. That's where this um, kind of just assist series presents uplift your Asian or uplift our Asian community. That's where it kind of evolved from. And yeah, been, it's been like two, 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 three weeks now going on mm. with this. And um, it's been, it's been great, man. The support's been great. The, um, you know, getting to know the restaurant owners, getting to know um, just a little bit more about Chinatown has, has been really, really good too. Yeah. So I guess just to clarify for people that don't know, what you're doing is um, you're taking these funds that people have donated and, and purchasing meals from from these restaurants and not just like one or two meals, but a bunch. Yeah. So I started a GoFundMe page and ideally all I really wanted was 500 bucks. It was $500 towards five different, five different restaurants, $100 per restaurant. And I would just go buy a bunch of food that I personally love and I would donate it back into these community fridges that are kind of all around Toronto. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I, I released it, I put the link up and then the funds just kept kind of coming in, all the donations were coming in. So it slowly grew into something a little bit bigger than anticipated. Um, I was able to raise over $6,000 at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, so it was, it, was, uh, it was a nice surprise. I honestly didn't think, um, I would get to that point but Toronto's a special city man so there's a lot of support and um yeah just grateful grateful for all the donations and people just wanting to help make change in the city mm -hmm. definitely but yeah I would I would definitely go to um the restaurants that I originally posted so I had five restaurants that I originally really wanted to help support but obviously with six thousand dollars I'm able to support a lot more restaurants now so um I've been slowly just kind of ticking off the boxes uh, between mm -hmm. each restaurant and then um, each restaurant I'm able to donate more than just a hundred dollars now it kind of varies based on how much help I have that day but usually it ranges from anywhere between 200 to 300 dollars worth of food right um, sometimes I'll do the odd like 600 dollars if I know that I have a lot of help but yeah so it's been it's been good yeah, I mean, I've been seeing your Instagram stories and it's definitely not easy. Like you have a couple people helping you out with For holding sure. some boxes and, you know, stacking up those fridges with the meals. Um, you know, I guess through this time, there have been so many people that have found ways to support this cause, you know, whether it's donating to certain foundations or, um, you know, of course, celebrating and supporting small local businesses that are Asian owned. Uh, why was it more meaningful you for you to focus specifically on supporting local Asian um, and Asian owned restaurants than using the funds through other uh, philanthropic means. Asian restaurants, they, they, they got hit hard during COVID, right? So restaurants in general, like wherever you go, you see a lot of places kind of closing up. Um, mm -hmm. Not a lot of dine-in patios were on and off. Um, right. In a nutshell, like COVID really, really affected restaurants. So I think right off the bat, I knew I wanted to support local businesses and restaurants. I'm a huge um, supporter of local restaurants. Like I love going to local restaurants, um, mm -hmm. but 
yeah, even with all of this um, recent news of like Asian hate, Asian racism, um, I definitely wanted to just kind of shed light in a different way. Instead of just, you know, supporting um, those those bigger organizations where like, not to say I don't know what they do, but you know, I don't really know what they do because a lot of people donate money to these um, organizations, but we don't see immediate um, like feedback. Effects, or re- yeah. yeah, exactly, effects, right? So I definitely wanted to have something where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm getting X amount of money. I'm gonna donate on on um, all my friends and family's behalf and go and start trying to make a, a difference, like a physical difference. So me being Asian myself, um, I'm Chinese and my parents were both uh, immigrants to tr- Toronto. And yeah, I wanted to basically just give back to the the Asians that did it before us, right? Because they've been mm-hmm. they've been there from the beginning. They've been trying to, you know, kind of just survive in a in a in a place where it, it wasn't theirs in the in the beginning, right? Um, right? so it's definitely an uphill battle for them. And with people saying that oh COVID came from China, blah blah blah, all this stuff, all this Asian hate going on. Mm-hmm. I wanted to really just try and let people know that it's that's not the case that's not what ha- that's not what's happening in toronto and um we want to basically support them as much as we can yeah definitely i mean you know i feel i feel you on the supporting those who kind of came before us point because uh you know i think about my parents um and i feel like you know asian people especially um asian males and fathers are very stoic Mm -hmm. and you know they kind of just do the work and they just don't complain about it and you don't really see all the behind the scenes until you're a bit more mature and older and and you kind of know what they go through and you know i think with all the hate crimes specifically targeting uh recently towards older um asian people for sure it's it's definitely something to think about food for thought and that's kind of some of the criterias that I had to to make sure that, you know, those are the restaurants that I wanted to support, right? Like mm-hmm. I didn't want social media heavy restaurants that um, had a lot of support just based on, on um, the vision itself, mm-hmm. right? So I wanted to make sure that I was able to basically give back to those restaurants that had like no social media presence. They didn't have means of like, representing themselves um, outside of like you know people walking by and seeing it but because no one's really moving in toronto right now no one's going and trying new restaurants um, a lot of it is kind of it's hurting their business right and i was talking to one of the restaurant owners and she was like straight up i've lost about 60 percent of my uh, of my business because one there's no dine-in and two takeout is it's a hurdle for them right because if you don't have uh even just ordering from them while doing this there's a there's a language barrier which is tough right so a lot of people kind of shy away from that um so yeah i really wanted to make sure that i I hit those restaurants first yeah and i'm sure even trying to adapt to like modern delivery methods like having to work with uber eats or ritual or doordash like i'm sure having that language barrier doesn't help no definitely not and like um you know uber eats they they take they take quite a bit from from restaurants so i definitely wanted to try and like you know make it go direct to Mm -hmm. to the people that own the business 
And I think the community fridge aspect is really interesting too, because I think, you know, you could honestly, if you really wanted to, <laughs> maybe people wouldn't donate, but you could have just taken all the meal home, all the foods home, put in your freezer, crushed it down over like two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, why, why the community fridges? You know, I saw this concept pop up, uh, yeah, yeah. I'd say last year and it was fascinating just seeing um, how the community was rallying around it. And then um, you supporting this initiative as well. Yeah, for sure. So community fridges, they were kind of just like the easiest option for me to, to donate. Um, I honestly, if they weren't there, I probably still would have done the same thing. Right. I would have mm-hmm. essentially found a place where um, they were taking like food donations. If right. not, I probably just would have grabbed the box and like went to Trinity Bellwoods and maybe handed them out. Like I have no idea, but the fridges are just the easiest way for me to kind of like not really think about it like go point a to point b um just because logistically it, it is a lot for me to do especially if it is on my own um so the community fridges also do a really great job they're able to kind of keep it uh, relatively clean so they have volunteers all around the city and they would visit the fridges pretty frequently and then just make sure that you know things are not rotten um there's no like just half-eaten leftovers being put in the fridge and all the meals and all the produce and products in the fridges are you know something that I personally would eat too so they really do a good job of that and um yeah they've been they've been good so far I want to I want to speak a bit more about your experience with food um Mm -hmm. because you know you seem like a foodie uh you seem like you have really good taste um in food as well um I guess what does Asian cuisine mean to you? Um, you have any fond memories? What was your dinner table like growing up? Oh man, um, dinner dinner table growing up for sure is um, fondest memories. My grandma making a lot of the meals. Hundred um, percent. Yeah, my grandma would go off too. She would make like so <laughs> we had we had seven people in our like childhood home. So like my mom, jeez. Oh, my myself my dad um my sister my brother grandpa grandma right so that was the dinner table it was full every night and she would always make like seven to eight upwards to like nine dishes with soup as well so she would be cooking all day i remember those um and then by the end of it like her feet were tired her feet were always like aching by the end of it so um, that inspired you to become an RMT. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe. Who knows, right? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, so that's the that's the most fond memory I have of um, just like dinner table at home. Like everyone, I would always eat dinner with my family, no matter what. Like it would never just be like, oh, I'm going to just grab my own plate and eat on my own time. No, it was always like, yo, it's seven o'clock. You're eating dinner, stopping everything. <laughs> and we're all getting together and, um, and, and eating. But yeah. Um, yeah, some of my favorite dishes. My my actually my grandpa used to help cook too, and he would make this like really simple dish. And basically, it was mushrooms cooked with soy sauce. It sounds weird, but it was actually really really good. So right. he would make that. Um, my grandpa's one of those guys that would like if I knew, if he knew he I liked something, he would make it every single day to the <laughs> point where I'm like I'm sick of it now. You just he don't want that. it anymore. Yeah, yeah, he did that with. Um, my breakfast. So there was one day I told him, I was like, yeah, I really like Nutella sandwiches. <laughs> Every single day he would make it for me. And I can't, I can't eat Nutella now. It's like, it's one of those things that I'm just like, oh man, it's like, yeah, it's, it's too much. But that's one of the dishes. Um, 
there's another there's another fish that my grandma would used to make and it was very i don't remember what fish it was but it was completely boneless and white flesh and very simple like a little bit of soy sauce with some uh chopped up uh ginger and oh, okay then, interesting and then, and then that was it yeah it was um, wow it was very clean but it, the way she made it was really really good yeah and i'm sure growing up you have like no appreciation for it until like you're older and then yeah. you just realize what you're missing out on oh 100 it was just it was just food on the table for me at that point when i was younger <laughs> but i wish that i spent more time getting to understand like how how the, those dishes were prepared because now it's like I could probably look it up or maybe can ask my mom, but my, my grandma passed away. So I don't have that as a resource anymore. So I, right. I for sure regret that. And like anyone listening to this, it's like, man, spend, spend time with your grandparents, learn from them. Cause they, they have gems for sure. Yeah. Cause sometimes, you know, those recipes are passed on from their, their grandparents or their parents. Right. And so exactly. just kind of continuing the legacy. Um, and, and now that you're older, um, trying to trying to navigate life as a modern foodie how are, how are you finding new restaurants around your neighborhood or around your area um i love like hole in the wall restaurants so mm. usually there's not a lot of you know uh seats available it's kind of like a little a little grungy um not too not too bougie not super expensive either um, but don't get me wrong. Like there's, there's spectrums to it, right? Like, right. I, I love like that high, high end restaurant, but on a, on a more, um, infrequent cadence, but I like, you know, the smaller restaurants that just do one or two things really, really well, right? That's, that's kind of the, the main things that I gravitate towards, but so far ways that I find out about new restaurants, oh man, um, just word of mouth, to be honest, like. I have two or three homies that just know, I think we have similar taste. And it's like, if they hear about something, we'll kind of just pass it along each other. <laughs> we'll always go and try it out. But I, yeah, I tend to, to gravitate towards more like smaller local owned uh, businesses or restaurants. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to be part of that email chain or text message chain that you have with For your sure. buddies. Yeah. Just get some of those recommendations. But yeah, 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 kind of speaking on that hole in the wall, and you even mentioned it before earlier in the conversation, how a lot of these restaurants you're trying to support are the ones that are like underrepresented. underrepresented. Um, and, you know, you've done five drops so far. I think you just did one um, today, but mm-hmm. I, have, I have the five written down and I'd love to kind of break it down with you. Um, break down the places you visited so far and maybe act as like a little food tour guide. Yeah, um, for sure. Talk about each place um, that you've supported and um, kind of talk about why it's so special to you. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's go with the first one then. So the first one was the... Was the yummy, yummy, yummy Dumplings. Yeah, Yummy Yummy Dumplings. That's, uh, that's a staple for me. Um, I mean, everyone knows about Juicy Dumplings. It's kind of like... It became that you know, more, uh, more hyped staple in Toronto, but mm-hmm. I'm always, like I said, I'm always kind of looking for, for the, for the one that no one really knows about, but it's, right. it's, it's like the go-to spot. So that place, um, yeah, the dumplings, that's it. Like straight up, <laughs> you, you go there, whatever kind of style dumplings you like. Um, I usually go for like the pork shrimp chive combo. Mm-hmm. Um, and then steamed boiled, uh fried whichever one you want 
And then the lady there, though, she is the sweetest lady ever. <laughs> so she will always take care of you.、Um, and like, even when we were buying all that food for that first drop, she was like, oh, let me throw in some like Cokes and. And like soy milk for you guys. We're like, no,、nah, like we don't need that stuff, right? Like, I'll buy it off of you, but like, don't give it to me for free. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, like I'm trying to support you. Don't give me free shit. But、um, yeah, she's she's super nice.、Um, just you know, you can tell that it's a it's a family run business, and、hmm. if if it's like a little bit slower, everyone everyone always always like eating eating their、um, their staff meals together、uh, on a separate table. You know,、right. It just feels like home when you walk in. Like they're very, very friendly. Yeah.、Um, yeah. So that that place is my go-to for for any dumplings, for sure. Right. I mean, it's pretty clear in the name. It's not even just yummy. It's yummy, yeah, yummy. It's two times. It's two <laughs> times yummy. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah.、Um, and then, damn, what's the second one I did? I don't remember. That was a、uh, roll juicy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So this one,、um, this one is my girlfriend's dad actually brought us to this one. Okay, so you got the OG connect. Exactly. Yeah. So we go in there. It's like one of those restaurants where like her dad just knew everyone. Like she would just,、mm-hmm. he would just start saying like, "Hey, like what's up?" I was like, "How do you know everyone? It's crazy." <laughs> like they just know all the like the owners, the business, the business owners, but also like the waitresses and the waiters.、Um, yeah, this was one of those restaurants that、uh, I mean, I grew I grew up in Markham, so Markham is like the one of the you know pinnacles for. For Asian cuisine, so 100%, yeah. every time I'm downtown, I'm like, ah, it's not as good as Markham. It's not as good as Markham. Until <laughs> we went to Roju, and I was like, damn, this is pretty good. Like it felt, it felt like I was uptown, and、um, yeah, just portions were great, price was amazing, and、um, overall, just the, the the taste was was spot on. So. That was always one in the back of my head. I'm like, yo, I wanna, I wanna make sure that this place gets supported.、Um, mm-hmm. And she was actually the one that I was talking to about how、um, she lost sixty percent of of business. Right. right? So they don't have.、Um, I mean, I never really checked, but I don't think they're on like Uber Eats or any of those places. Even if they are, you know, they're kind of put on the bottom. Like no one really stops and、yeah. looks at them because it's、For、not、sure. a familiar name. Yeah. Definitely,、um, number three is a personal favorite of mine, Logos Corner in Parkdale. Yeah, yeah, that's a staple for sure. So,、um, my friend, that the one that kind of bounces restaurants off of me, he's the one that told me to check this place out, and I've always heard about it.、Um, I、mm-hmm. know Maddie Matheson was was talking about this place as well. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I had the pleasure of actually going to this restaurant and trying it, and then I was like, you know what? Like, there's a fridge really close to it. So, and I live maybe like a ten minute walk from it, maybe even less. And、um, it was like the perfect route. I'll go to Logas, and then go to the fridge, and then go back home. So、right. that's basically、um, how that drop went down. But Logas Corner, yeah, they're.、Um, Pork momos, beef momos, whichever one you want, staple. But you know what the craziest thing is? The hot sauce. That if you want the, your nose to run, you, yeah, you get their hot sauce. Exactly. <laughs> that's the one. That's the one. And they sell it by the jars too. So if you want, oh really? Home, yeah, yeah. You can, you can, you can buy those at home. Oh wow.、Um, yeah, you can take them home. So that one was was wicked, and they were they were easy to work with too. Like. Called them, ordered. I forgot how much I ordered already. Then I, I think it was just a hundred dollars worth because it was like a quick, 
and I was just by myself, so I just went really quickly. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but um, that place, the same thing. That's like the idea of the, like the perfect restaurant, you know? Yeah. Not a lot of seating, um, basically no seating. And <laughs> you, you just go in, you get it, and then you just crush it on the sidewalk, and that's it. Yeah. Right? Or, yeah. or like in, in the car. That's perfect. Um, and it's very, very reasonably priced as well. Oh, super reasonably priced. And I know um, it's funny because I follow them on Instagram and they're trying yeah. to up their social media game. It's it's yeah. pretty funny. It's kind of cute. It Definitely. is, I know. They're trying, which is good. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy. If, if Sometimes that's all it takes, right? Just like a, a consistent Instagram and then you can really, really up your uh, your business. Mm-hmm. Number four, Lucky Moose Food Mart. I had never heard of this place. Oh, man. Okay. Um but it's, it's a bit different. It's not a restaurant. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll let you speak on it. Yeah. So Lucky Moose is, um, that's the one grocery store that I would always go to whenever I'm in Chinatown to get anything. So we, we obviously don't, we don't live too close to Chinatown, but if we ever want like the Asian stuff, so if we're doing a hot pot at home, that's a go-to mm-hmm. spot. If we want to get like Asian snacks or drinks or like, certain sauces um that's the go-to spot just because like it's one of the uh one of the the, the bigger ones but also it, it's a little uh it's a little cleaner right in comparison to some of the other ones but right. definitely um it just has everything that, that you you're looking for and we like the um the hot pot selection so they have a lot mm-hmm. of like those frozen sliced beef or pork all packaged nicely for you and you just bring that home throw it in the hot pot and you're good to go but that place is is great for any um asian groceries regular groceries whatever you want yeah it's a it's a staple for sure so what we did actually was that that grocery store was chosen to help actually fill the new chinatown fridge that just launched Mm, okay so, yeah so the community fridges of toronto they um they reached out to me and they're like hey like we want you to be the one to fill up the fridge wow what an honor <laughs> i know i was like all right cool but um it's funny because when we went there we had probably three to four um those little baskets those like little trolleys that you can pull and i was like to, to the people that were that i was um helping me and i was like yo go off like just buy like like just buy everything, sauces, everything, right? And we're like stacking everything. And you know those, um, um, do you know those instant noodles with like the little character on it? Uh, There's so many branded ones, but I, I kind of don't get the vibe you're talking about. Yeah, so like it's called Gongzai Min. So it basically okay. it's it's like the very characteristic little um, uh, character with like blonde hair on it. But anyways, <laughs> okay. so they usually come in little packs. And I was like, yo, fuck this. I want to buy the whole box. So there's a box that was like <laughs> above the shelf. Like it wasn't oh even gosh. for sale. And I took it down and I just threw it in my cart. When we got to the cash, the, the cashier was like, she was having a hard time because she didn't know how to check this out. Because I don't think anyone's ever bought this before. But yeah. it was basically a pack of like, I think like uh, four, 14 to 15 rows of like six packs. Holy. So it was it was a lot, and then yeah. she had to like call the manager to come over, and she was <laughs> he didn't even know what was going on. He's like I, he was trying to do math for me, and he was like, <laughs> he was like yeah, there's like eight packs in one, and like each pack is like, I forget what he said, but basically he was like it's forty bucks. 
Yeah. And I was like, all right, cool. But then I was doing the math that he was talking about. I was like, yo, that doesn't add up. Like, I don't, <laughs> I think he just made that up on the spot. <laughs> Cause I don't, yeah, it was weird. So like $40, I was like, all right, cool, whatever. Pay for that. <laughs> so we had three to four trolleys full of stuff. And I was taking bets. I was like, all right, how much do you think all of this is going to be? The lowest number that we had was like, I think 350 for all of it. And the most was like 600. Someone thought it was just six hundred dollars worth of groceries. When we rung it up, it was two. It was like two twenty-five. Wow. Yeah, we we're like, holy crap, man! Like, it's it's tough because Asian grocery stores are very affordable. So even there's, if we wanted value. to, yeah, even if we wanted to spend a lot of money, it was it was tough. Um, so yeah, another reason to to hit up Lucky Moose. It's very affordable. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five, King's Noodle. King's Noodle is also a staple in Toronto. Um, I don't go there too, too often, to be honest, but it's definitely one of those restaurants that um, whenever you ask people like, oh, what are, what's some of the best like noodle soups or barbecue, they, they usually throw that, that name around. So um, I have to go back and actually try their food, but I'm going to be completely transparent. Yeah, I haven't really <laughs> eaten there yet, but um, the place that I went to today, called uh new hog fat barbecue really Ooh. good yeah really really good so i just did 30 orders of barbecue different types of barbecue on rice and i just donated that today but right yeah um king's noodle um usually known for like their big bowls of noodle soup so if you ever go there try that and then also for their barbecue that's what i would get there but because like we're putting it in the fridge we can't i can't order the noodle soup i would love to order that yeah. and like let people try it but it's just too messy man makes too sense messy. makes sense yeah it's yeah, tough yeah. it's tough and mm-hmm. you know you got to be careful with that exactly. um you know you talked about how you had that goal of 500 dollars um blowing up to more than six thousand dollars um you know you're getting featured in blog to and other publications and um, you know, what's, what, what was your reaction to kind of seeing the amount of community support around this? Not, not just for this project, but that, right. um, you know, it's supporting these Asian restaurants. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy, man. It's, it's enlightening <laughs> for sure. Like it makes you really, really appreciate how, um, how supportive like a community can be. As long as you kind of just put out like positive energy out there and just trying to like touch on something that one really really resonates with yourself first and then Mm -hmm. the rest will kind of just follows right but it's interesting to see that how news or just like some of some of these initiatives can just spread like wildfire like really really quickly definitely um it's it's interesting it's interesting to see the power of social media as well as like the internet so um, that's that's definitely something that I didn't think would would happen. Right? Like as I said, like literally five hundred dollars is all I wanted, and I was right. all expecting. Right? I was happy to even get five hundred bucks, but huh. yeah, it kept it just kept going and going. And then I'm still getting people messaging me now wanting to continue to donate, but um, for the time being, I had to stop it just because if I kept it going, and this may sound kind of weird, but let me explain. But Cause I, cause if I don't stop it, I'm literally going to be doing this forever. Right. And because I'm only doing, I'm only one person. Right. 
I want to make sure that the, the money that people are donating now in the first, I guess, tier is all allotted for. Like, I want to mm-hmm. just make sure that that $6,000 is used up appropriately. And then I'll open it again so the new donations can, can come in. Because, um, yeah, like, it, I don't know how much it could have gotten up to, but having $20,000 of other people's money in my bank account just didn't really sit well with me. So I just wanted to make sure that, you know, I yeah. had all of that under control first. So, um, yeah, it's, it's still, it's still, it's still going, which is pretty cool. No, that makes sense. And I think, you know, people, uh, or, or for you yourself too, this is like a side hustle kind of thing, right? It's not your, it's not your full-time job. And so, um, you know, exactly. finding a way to balance it out with everything. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You mentioned, you mentioned earlier how, um, you know, you've, you've talked to some of these restaurant owners, um, about, about their business and how COVID has impacted them. Mm-hmm. You know, what's been their reaction from the support that, um, you guys have done and, and how have you seen COVID and, and maybe even these hate crimes kind of impact them, their morales? Um, so the, the one that really, really resonates with me the most is probably, it's probably two, the yummy, yummy dumplings and Roju. So those are the two that, um, I was able to kind of really, I kind of like ask a little bit more and get a, a better reaction from them. But the other restaurants, they were just very appreciative. Um, mm. I never, I don't usually like ask them like, yo, how has COVID affected you? Like, <laughs> like I can tell, right? Like there's no one in the restaurants. There's no, there's no lineups. There's no crazy like deals that are being advertised all the time on their end. Right. So I can tell like, you know, the city in itself is, is a little bit on the low right now. So, um, but yummy, yummy dumplings like that, that lady, uh, when I called her initially, she was so thankful. She just kept saying, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Over and over. <laughs> because i did try to explain her to her a little bit about like what i was trying to do Mm -hmm. right like i just wanted to help support the asian community by coming to to some of my favorite restaurants and just buying food and then donating it to 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 other people so that they can try it and hopes that you know they eat the dumpling they're like oh damn this is really good and then they would go to yummy yummy dumplings when when they had the the opportunity to and then you know just kind of cycle through all of that um Mm -hmm. So she was really appreciative and then um roju same thing the story about like just kind of like losing 60 percent of their business honestly i wouldn't be surprised if that 60 percent is um is is common across the board for all the other restaurants yeah yeah so yeah other restaurants like the one today she was she was very supportive as well she was just asking a lot of questions she's like why are you doing this and like <laughs> who's who gets to eat the food and i was like in my super broken cantonese i was like everyone like anyone can eat it right she's like oh okay then i'll put less sauce i don't know she was just trying to like make sure that if it was for teenagers she would put more sauce if it was for like old right. people she put less sauce yeah so she was already trying to like make sure that um the food was appropriate for for the audience uh-huh yeah. but yeah it's just like uh just having conversations and like it, it's just fun to see whenever i call them and i tell them like yeah i'm gonna make a big order they're usually like all right it's probably gonna be like five things right <laughs> right and then I'll, i'm like no i want 10 orders of this and they're like 10 they always ask me to repeat myself they're like 10 you want 10 of them and i was like yeah and then they're like okay and, that, and that's it and i was like no and i'll keep going and keep going until like i got 30 items usually that's what happened today at um new new hong fat uh-huh. Yeah, she she kept having to like make sure that you know uh, it's 30 items that i wanted um, right 
so it's just it, it's it's fun in that sense to just kind of like getting to know um getting to know the restaurant good having a chance to go into a restaurant that I've never been before as well. And then, um, yeah, just seeing like what their, their more popular items are and just like getting a chance to talk to the, to the business owner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It sounds like you learned like a lot to this whole journey, to this process. Sure. And you're talking about even learning more about Chinatown in general. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's so many staples and there's so many restaurants now that basically if I was able to, um, to just kind of like spread it out of Chinatown, like I'll still be able to hit up like all these Filipino restaurants, Vietnamese restaurants and all that. So Chinatown is definitely the starting point, but I'm not going to stop there. I'm going to try and branch out as much as I can. Mm -hmm. yeah. How do you hope the Assist series inspires people? Um, so all these, all these stories and posts that I'm putting on is um, one accountability just to make sure like like you what you were saying before you're like you know, how do you people how do you make sure that i'm not just eating everything home, right like <laughs> right, you know, right. i totally could be but no i want to try and make sure that's as transparent as possible but mm -hmm. um yeah mainly these posts that i'm putting on, on um, instagram like i want to make sure that people see how easy it is to do this Right. Mm -hmm. Obviously, like I'm doing it on a larger, a bit of a larger scale. So it takes a little bit of planning and logistics. But if you have like a couple of friends you want to just gather, everybody chip in a couple of dollars, you can do this on a weekly basis. Right. right. It's very simple. You just go to the restaurant, order some food, go from the restaurant to the fridge, drop it off, and that's it. Right. So I'm hoping that this inspires other people to think of different more creative ways to to instill change and to make lasting change versus just like you know posting on uh posting a, a, a black square on on social media or something like that right definitely um, yeah and just um yeah ho hoping to inspire um the, the next generation of of asian canadians and, and to help preserve some of the culture and to just make sure to like you know, learn, learn about your food, learn about your ethnicity, learn about, um, your, your culture and like ask questions, right. And be curious. Mm -hmm. And, and it gives me an opportunity to, to practice my Cantonese as well, which is something that like, it, it, it's fun when I'm trying because it's so, it like challenges my brain so much, but it's like, these are things that I never want to forget. Right. I never, right. Want to lose. I don't want to make sure that it's, it stays with me. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been helping for sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, for a lot of us, you know, growing up, you know, bringing our food to school or not maybe the most proud of it. I think another thing about it is just being proud about, you know, your cuisine. For sure. Yeah. I had a lot of those, um, <laughs> a lot of those lunches where, uh, my mom would put it in a thermos and like, it would be, it'd be the move where like I'd have the lid and then like the spoon would go in, but like just enough. <laughs> So no one can see and then I'd scoop it and then put it in my mouth. It was, I did a lot of that, right? Until it was like, my mom would start making spaghetti and I was like, all right, cool. This is like, this, this is what everyone's eating so I can like show it off, right? But right. you know, the days where I got like, the, um, the, the Shanghai noodles were like the fried rice, it would, it would be, I'd, you know, hide it a little bit more. So I totally understand. <laughs> but now it's like, you know, Asian food is, is life. Like I can't live without it. And, um, yeah, just want to, want to hopefully like allow others to try it as well. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I got one last question for you because you, you are an RMT and, you yeah. know, I'm, 
you know, I've seen your Instagram. You're also an active person in general. Right. Uh, maybe, maybe uh, developed in a Nike lab. Um, you know, me personally, I, I also love fitness. And so I got to ask you and get the insider information okay. myself. Yeah. You eat a big meal, you're bloated. What's <laughs> the best stretch to do after you gorge out? Man, I don't think there is, dude. <laughs> just, just mellow out, just chill. Yeah, just stretch your body across the couch, and that's it. <laughs> no, um, I mean, if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna have a heavy meal, I th- I'd say um, do all your stretching before, right? That's the key. Okay. Do all your stretching before the meal, and then um, do your workout if you need to, and then enjoy the meal, and then just chill after. Yeah, it's it's so- not. It's not comfortable stretching after eating. <laughs> so that's the cheat day routine. Okay, I that's get it. it. That's it. I get that's it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you know, if people want to learn more about you, John, or even uh, stay in tune with the assist series, where can they go? Uh, where can um, they stay in touch with you? Yeah. So if you go on Instagram, you can find me at John Rehab. J O N R E H A B. I'm going to be posting a lot of the the uh, kind of like day to day, all the stuff that I, I do outside of clinic but especially like for the assist series and then in the little link in my bio you can actually click and then there's the GoFundMe page so you can click that and i'll be doing updates on there as well um and then when i do reopen the uh donations i'll, I'll probably make an announcement as well but until then you can follow along in the stories and uh yeah that's pretty much the best place for sure yeah i mean i'd love to contribute when the next uh, round for the fundraising opens up man for sure but other than that, thank you so much again for the time. Uh, you know, appreciate you speaking and kind of enlightening everyone with uh, what you've been doing. Thanks, man. I appreciate appreciate you having me on the show. On the show. Sure.